This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So good to be with you. I'm still in the auditorium here in Johannesburg, as you can see. This is Monday afternoon. And uh, the reason why we're doing this recording here now is because I get back to San Antonio on Thursday too late to actually film and have it fixed up for you to see on Sunday. So this is the best option. But it's great preaching in this auditorium one more time. Praise God. So welcome to you all that are here today. And welcome to all the family room. And welcome to all of you who are watching live, wherever you may be. Continuing with our subject today, who is the Holy Spirit? And this is part four in our series. So, open your Bible to John chapter 14, if you would. It is possible for the Holy Spirit to use us in the same way that He used Jesus. All right, so that's our concept or thought for this particular message that. The Holy Spirit can use us the same way that He used Jesus. Now, last weekend, we learned how the Holy Spirit worked through the life of Jesus when He was on the earth. Today, we're going to learn how we can yield to Him and be a glove on His hand. All right, John 14, verse 12. It's so important, family, for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is, it's so important for us to realize and understand all His abilities to help us. Jesus sent Him to help us in every aspect of life. And if ever there was a time in the history of this world that we needed the help of the Holy Spirit, it is today. I don't know how anybody can actually survive this day and age without the help of the Holy Spirit. I just don't know how anybody can survive without the help of the Holy Spirit today. Not possible. So let's learn about Him, all right? John 14, 12. Jesus said, most assuredly, that means it's this way, it's no other way. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me. How many believers do we have in the house here today? How many believers do we have in the family room, in the theater? And how many believers do we have watching at home? Put your hand up if you're a believer. All right. Now then, he's talking to you. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. The works that I do, he will do also. All right? So whatever works Jesus did, if you believe in Jesus, you'll do the same works also. I didn't say that. He did. And greater works than these. Because I go to my Father. And greater works than these really do, because I go to my Father. 
So whatever Jesus did, he said, we'll do greater works. Now, he's not talking about greater in quality. He's talking about greater in quantity. Because there's many more people in the world today who believe in Jesus. And if we all work for the Lord and pray for people at the same time, there will be more miracles happening at the same time than it was when Jesus was on the earth in one body. So, this line here, we'll do these great miracles because I go to my Father. That's what we need to look at. That's the issue. All these miracles will happen. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. Now, to understand what he meant here, you'd have to read from John 14, verse 1, down to verse 12. And if you do that, you'll see he's talking about sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to go to heaven. He's going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to us. And he lists a few things that the Holy Spirit will do for us when he's here. And of course, he's here now. So he said, you'll do these miracles because I'm going to the Father, meaning you'll do the miracles because the Holy Spirit will be here to do it through you. Say that. We'll do the same miracles because the Holy Spirit will be here to do them through me. Okay. So in order for us to do what God said we can do, we need to reprogram our thinking. And we need to program out the negative thinking and program in God's thinking. See, unfortunately right now, the church is thinking and believing what the devil tells us to think and believe. Most Christians would never imagine that they could do what we just read here in John 14, verse 12, the same works he did. Most Christians wouldn't even dare to think that that's possible. That would never dawn on them in a time of an emergency. In a time of emergency, the last thing on their mind would be to use the name of Jesus and to command the circumstance to change. No, they run around like a chicken with its head cut off, no real purpose or plan in mind. In uh, this portion of Scripture, there are two points I'd like to think about. The one is what we just learned. The Lord Jesus said he is going to go to the Father to send the Holy Spirit, the anointing. So that's the one thing I would like us to think about. The other one is that he gave us authority or the right to use his own name in life, the name of Jesus. Let's read that in the very next verse. John 14, verse 13. And whatever you command in my name, that I will do. 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So he said, whatever you command. Now that word, ask, in your King James Bible or New King James Bible, is really the word command in the root Greek. That's why I put it there. I took out, I put the word command in after the word ask. So whatever you ask, really the true word is command in my name, I'll do. I think the, um, the translators from the original Greek got cold feet. They didn't want to write in there whatever you command, but that is actually what the Greek says. All right. So say this with me. When I command God's will, again, when I command God's will to be carried out in a circumstance, the result will bring glory to the Father. The result will be glory to the Father. That's why Jesus said, uh, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So Jesus wants us to use the name that he gave us, his name, so that miracles will happen, so that the Father will be glorified. Now last weekend, Sunday morning, a precious dear lady got miraculously healed in a terrible car crash before that, had 12 surgeries, and she was in a wheelchair, could not walk. And uh, if you were here, you saw her got out the wheelchair, get up out the wheelchair, and push me around in it. God healed her. God healed her. What happened? The whole house got up and praised God. The whole church erupted in praising God. Even in San Antonio, they're in ballistic. They're all praising God. People watching at home. And they were crying, praising God. You see, Jesus wants miracles to happen to bring praises to the Father. And you think about this. If we're not praying for people, if we don't desire to see miracles, or we allow any, if we allow any doubt or circumstance of life to hinder us from our faith in miracles, we are actually robbing God of His glory. We are actually robbing God of His honor by not allowing the Holy Ghost to do the miracles through us. Can you see that? 14. Jesus goes on to say, if you ask, the real word is command, anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. If you command anything in my name, I will do it. And we know that anything means anything because that's what anything means, right? Please say this with me. I speak on behalf of Jesus. I stand in his place. I speak his will just like he did when he was on the earth. I carry out his ministry for him by commanding what he wants done in his name. Okay. Now, 
On the screen, you'll see this reference. In Strong's Concordance, reference 4441. Just look up at the screen when I'm reading. will be on the screen right now. Strong's Concordance, reference 4441. And number 154, the Greek section. You will see that the Greek word ask is directly translated into English as strictly a demand of something due. Translated to English as strictly a demand of something due. That's the meaning of the root Greek word for ask here in John 14, verse 14. Okay? What does that mean? Strictly a demand of something due. For example, let's imagine you go to the store to buy a fridge. You find the fridge you like, and you pay for it. You write out a check, or you pay with your card, and uh, the company says, we will deliver it tomorrow, or two days' time, whatever you arrange with them. Now, so if you buy that fridge, it's yours. You paid for it, it might be at that store, but you bought it, it you own it, it's yours. So if you arrange for that to be delivered in two days' time, then the fridge becomes due to you. It's due to you. Right? It's your fridge. They owe it to you. So it's due to you. It's yours. Does that make sense? So Jesus bought your victory on the cross. Therefore, victory is due to you. It's yours. Therefore, the Lord Jesus is telling us to command in his name with his authority so that our due package will be released to us. Whatever it is you need in life, it's paid for already on the cross. You command it to come to you in the name of Jesus it's due to you. Release the package, devil. I'm calling for it. And he has to listen. If he's holding it back, it might be financial lack, it might be financial hindrance, it might be a health problem, it might be unsaved loved ones. You have a right to command that he releases it because it's due to you. It's yours. We are demanding circumstances and the devil to line up with God's word. It was the Holy Spirit who worked the miracles through Jesus, as we've learned already. It is the same Holy Spirit who works the miracles through us today. Not a different Holy Spirit. Exactly the same Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus said the following before leaving the earth. He said in Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So he said, you shall testify about me around the world. But he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to enable you to be a witness. A witness about me. What's that mean? That means the Holy Spirit is going to exalt Jesus. Remember? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be a witness to me. He said, you will be talking about me, proving my existence and my resurrection so others can come to salvation. So the Holy Spirit then is equipping us to exalt Jesus to the world as the Savior, to prove that he's resurrected from the dead through signs, wonders, miracles. No dead leader of false religions can do that. But Jesus is alive and he can. Today, between one and two billion people are on the earth who are believers and who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are moving into a time of great persecution because the unsaved world is getting darker, more vicious, and more hostile to godliness. So, we are moving into a time of great persecution. But at the same time, as darkness gets darker, so the light will get brighter, and the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus more brightly and more mightily through the people of God. The Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus more brightly, more mightily through the people of God. Expect the supernatural. The one who works the supernatural lives in you. So expect to see the supernatural in your life. Because the one who does the supernatural, who did it through Jesus, who does it in us, lives in you. Question. I have a question. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? What happens? Well, A, A for apple, you receive power. You receive an anointing. The Lord Jesus told his disciples, I have asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes with his power to anoint you. Every Christian who has the Holy Spirit and speaks in other tongues has power. Say that every Christian who has the Holy Spirit and speaks with other tongues has power. Okay. The Holy Spirit came just as Jesus said he would on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended into the upper room on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. 
And the entire church, that's 120 believers in Jesus, the entire church was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, believe it or not, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in that group of 120 people in Acts chapter 2. And you can see that her name was mentioned in Acts chapter 1. She was there. So the entire church was born that day. That's the day Christianity was born, the church was born, and they all spoke in tongues. Interesting. The whole church began by speaking in tongues. God wants us today to speak in tongues. Because when we do, we give the Holy Spirit the freedom to move mightily in our lives and in the church. In Acts chapter 2 verse 4, we read, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, enabled them, they spoke in tongues. Not the Holy Spirit, they. They spoke in tongues. Just like you witness to somebody in your home language. You witness in your own language, but the Holy Spirit anoints you to speak to that person. He gives you understanding, revelation, ideas while you're talking. And you don't know it, but you're hitting the nail right on the head. You're telling that person what they really need to know. Because the Holy Spirit is subconsciously guiding you. You don't even realize it. But he, you are doing the talking, not him. It's the same when you speak in tongues. You are doing the talking, not the Holy Spirit. The same as when you witness for Jesus. Now then, I want to urge you and encourage you, get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues a lot, a lot. Every moment you can. Talk while you're alone, in the shower, driving your car, speak in tongues and fellowship with the Holy Ghost. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, there's two things I recommend. One, go do, it's right after church, Sunday morning, first service, and Sunday morning, second service, growth track. Then from there, go right away, when you've done that, and do Christian growth seminar. Or you can do it the other way around. But on the Christian growth seminar, you'll learn about the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. You'll learn about the subject of speaking in tongues. They'll show you from the Bible that it's yours as a gift and how to receive this gift. And then they'll pray for you if you desire to receive it. And you will speak in tongues. So I want to encourage you, please, to do that. Now, next weekend, I'll be speaking to you from San Antonio. And we'll continue with part five, who is the Holy Spirit, continuing to learn continuing to learn how to be a glove on his hand so that he can work through us mightily by miracles, signs, wonders, 
meeting our needs, encouraging us, doing whatever it is we need in life. He's there for us. All right, family. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to know Jesus, if you want to know you're going to heaven, say this little prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross in my place. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Save my life. I declare you are the Lord of my life. From this day, I will live for you with all my heart. Praise God. Congratulations. Now, if you said that prayer, put your hand up and give the Lord Jesus a wave offering. If you said it right now for the first time, for the first time, praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.